Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You're listening to the Qalam Podcast. Alhamdulillah, since last Ramadan, over 4 million people have benefited from, listened to, and downloaded the Qalam Podcast. Tens of thousands of people have benefited from and learned from the various classes, intensives, and seminars that Qalam provides. And inshallah, this Ramadan will be providing even more beneficial content, lectures, and programming for people all around the world, free of any cost or charge to them. In order for us to keep doing this work, we need your support, we need your help, we need you to be our partners in this Sadaqah Jariyah. Please go to supportqalam.com. That's support, Q-A-L-A-M, supportqalam.com, and provide your most generous support. Millions of people all around the world are insha'Allah, bi'idnillah, going to benefit from all of this work, and this will be your sadaqah jariyah for the eternal life of the hereafter. We really appreciate having you as part of the Qalam team and supporting us in this work, this mission, this cause. Jazakumullahu khairan. Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Bismillahi walhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'een. Inshallah, continuing with our series here in the month of Ramadan, Paths to Peace, where we are taking a look at the mention of peace and tranquility, serenity, salam, sakina, tamanina in the Quran. So today we're going to look at a very fascinating mention of the concept of sakina, tranquility within the Book of Allah. In Surah At-Tawbah, Surah number 9, which is a fascinating chapter of the Qur'an that deals with some very, very difficult moments and very difficult subjects. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in verse number 25 talks about a really fascinating and interesting moment from the life of the Prophet wasallam, And that moment occurs towards the end of the 8th year of Hijrah. The 8th year of the Prophet Sallallahu residence in the city of Medina. Where the Prophet Sallallahu and the Muslims in the aftermath of the Quraysh violating the treaty of Hudaybiyah, the Prophet Sallallahu was commanded by Allah to go to Mecca and hold them accountable for their treachery. The Prophet ﷺ undertook this journey with 10,000 of the companions. Mecca surrendered and came into the fold of Islam. And the Kaaba was cleansed and restored to the worship of only and solely Allah. In the aftermath of the battle, uh, of the conquest of Mecca, Fatih Mecca, there were reports that came to the Prophet ﷺ that there is this region outside of Mecca between the cities of Mecca and Ta'if. There's a huge stretch of desert and valleys and mountains. So there's this region called the Valley of Hunain. And there are Bedouin tribes that reside in that region 
known as Qaba'il Hawazin, the tribes of Hawazin, that they were amassing a force, an army, and they were known as a warrior people, so you had to take them seriously. They were amassing an army together in the valley there to basically launch an attack and an offensive against the Muslims because they had come and taken over Mecca. And not long thereafter, the people from Ta'if, Banu Thaqif, they sent another 2,000 soldiers to go and to join with this army that was forming in the desert to further double their numbers and be able to fight the Muslims. So there were 4,000 soldiers gathered together in the desert plotting and planning to launch an attack against the Muslims in Mecca. The Prophet ﷺ receives this news and once again by the command of Allah, the Prophet ﷺ rallies the believers, 10,000 of the Muslims that came from Medina to Mecca for the conquest of Mecca, and then 2,000 of the Meccans who had newly accepted Islam and come into the faith, um, who were also eager to join them. So there were 12,000 Muslims. And they leave Mecca, and they march out into the desert. When they arrive there, this is the first time in the experience of the Muslim community that the numbers actually favor the Muslims. There were 4,000 of the enemy and 12,000 Muslims. Think of it as almost kind of like a role reversal from Badr. We talked about Badr just a few days ago. So now the Muslims outnumber the enemy three to one. And when, when they saw that, some of the people that were a little bit newer in their Islam, some of the young men who were a little bit more younger, inexperienced, they hadn't participated, they hadn't experienced the Battle of Badr, the Battle of Uhud, the Battle of the Trench. So when they're standing there in the battlefield, and they've heard all the stories, Muslims being outnumbered three to one, four to one, five to one, six to one. And now they're standing there and they see the numbers are in our favor. They said, I can tell you one thing. We're not going to lose today because we're fewer in number. And they kind of patted each other on the back, you know, high-fived each other. You know, that kind of, like we got the numbers today. You know, we're not outnumbered today. We got the numbers today. And no sooner than the battle actually started, things took a turn for the worse. That the people of Banu Thaqif and Hawazin, these Bedouin people, fighters, they were very strategic and very skilled. And so they had particular kinds of strategy like with, with the archers, where they started decimating the side of the Muslims by launching just having it just rain arrows continuously down upon them. And they came to the Prophet ﷺ, the Muslims, and they said, أَحْرَقَتْنَا نِبَالُ ثَقِيف. They're killing us with their arrows. فَدْعُوا اللَّهَ عَلَيْهِمْ Ya Rasulullah, make dua Allah destroys them. And the Prophet ﷺ raised his hands and he made dua and he said, Allahumma ahdi thaqifan. 
Oh Allah, guide the people of Saqif. And then he told the Sahaba, he said, Stop coming to me and telling me to wish doom upon people. I was not sent to curse people, I was sent as a mercy for people. And very quickly, chaos just broke out on the side of the Muslims. And they started running into each other and people started fleeing from the battlefield. And it was just total disarray. And it looked like the Muslims were going to lose this battle. But then the Prophet ﷺ who was in the middle of the, the thick of it, he never moved. He was riding Baghlatuhu al-Bayda. The Prophet ﷺ was riding a white donkey. Because the Prophet ﷺ was older in age at this time. He was 60 years old and it's easier to ride a donkey than a camel. So he was riding this donkey and by his side was his uncle Al-Abbas and Abu Sufyan who had become Muslim a little while ago at Fatih Makkah was host, holding the reins of the donkey and around him were about 80 or 100 of the more senior companions like Abu Bakr and Umar, Uthman, Ali radiallahu ta'ala anhum. Abdullah bin Mas'ud says I was there. Hudayf ibn al-Yaman says I was there. And so these senior companions were there and as this chaos ensued, the Prophet sat, stood there, sat there, didn't move a muscle, waited for this chaos to kind of calm down a little. And then the Prophet ﷺ started to call on the companions. And he said, he called out specifically, he said, Ya, ya Ashab al-Shajara, where are the people that gave me the oath of allegiance under the tree? Just two years ago. And he called out, he said, Ya Ashab al-Badr. Where are the people that stood in Badr with me? Ya Ashab al-Surat al-Baqarah. Where are the people that helped me build Medina? And every single time the Prophet ﷺ would call on, out to the, you know, veterans. The people who had been in the trenches. The people who had bled and cried and fought by the side of the Prophet ﷺ. They would respond, they would start responding from different parts of the battlefield. Ya labbaik, ya labbaik. And they started like following the voice of the Prophet ﷺ. And then the Prophet ﷺ, because you know, there was so much commotion in the battlefield, the Prophet ﷺ, he told his uncle Al-Abbas, who was very, very tall, the way he's described in the books of Siyar, it sounds like he was like seven feet tall. And he had this loud booming voice. And the Prophet ﷺ told his uncle Abbas, whatever I say next, repeat it after me. So everyone can hear. And then the Prophet ﷺ started calling them, Aina ya ibadallah, where are you, O servants of God? Ilayya ana Rasulullah. Come to me, I am the Messenger of Allah. Kadib, Abdul Muttalib. I am the Prophet of God and I do not lie. I am the grandson of Abdul Muttalib. Come to me, rally to me. And those veteran Sahaba, the people of Badr, the people of the Bay'ah, the people of Surah Al-Baqarah, they started gravitating to the Prophet ﷺ. And basically a couple of hundred of the more veteran senior companions gathered around the Prophet ﷺ. And then the Prophet ﷺ raised his hands into the sky and he said, Allahumma anjiz li ma wa'attani. Oh Allah, fulfill your promise to me now. Oh Allah, please fulfill your promise to me now. This is the moment. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us exactly what happened and what transpired next. 
So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us in verse number 25, لَقَدَ نَصَرَكُمُ اللَّهُ فِي مَوَاطِنَ كَثِيرًا Allah helped you in so many places. Hijrah, Badr, Khandaq, Khaybar, so many places. وَيَوْمَ حُنَيْنٍ And also don't forget that Allah helped you in the battlefield of Hunayn. إِذْ أَعْجَبَتْكُمْ كَثْرَتُكُمْ When you were deluded by the fact that you had greater numbers, the numbers are on our side. We outnumber the enemy. The odds are in our favor. فَلَمْ تُغْنِيَ عَنْكُمْ شَيْئًا Allah decided to teach you a lesson. That كَمْ مِنْ فِئَةٍ قَلِيلَةٍ غَلَبَتْ فِئَةً كَثِيرَةً بِإِذْنِ Every single battle you've won up to now had nothing to do with your numbers and your resources. It was because Allah's help was on your side. And now today you were obsessed, you were enamored with your numbers. So you had to be reminded. So your numbers didn't help you. And it felt like the earth started shrinking around you. The anxiety took over. The nervousness took over. The, the enemy was able to intimidate you. And you started falling apart. And then you turned and you ran. But, But then Allah saved you. Allah sent down His tranquility. Allah sent down His tranquility upon His Messenger and upon the believers. And He sent down an, an army that you could not see, an invisible force, which is the angels, the malaika. And Allah punished those who disbelieved in Him and rejected belief. And that is always going to be the outcome of those who reject belief in Allah and are ungrateful to Allah. And as for the believers who made that critical mistake at the onset of the battle where they became obsessed with their numbers and they became fascinated by how many they were and they started to lose focus and they started to run into each other and eventually flee from the battlefield. Allah said, Allah forgave them. Allah forgave them. Rahim, Because indeed Allah is most forgiving and merciful. And what's really remarkable and beautiful there is that when the Prophet ﷺ made this dua, Oh Allah, please, now is the time to deliver your promise. That Allah ﷻ inspired to the Prophet ﷺ to do something. And that was Allah ﷻ put it in the heart of the Prophet ﷺ to reach down. The Prophet ﷺ reached down and grabbed some dirt into his hand and then with the name of Allah, Bismillah, Bi'idnillah, he threw the dirt out. And the Sahaba, those couple of hundred Sahaba who were gathered around the Prophet the faithful, the devoted, they said they saw that all the enemy started like rubbing their eyes and they couldn't see and they started running into each other and they started panicking and you know, because if you, all of a sudden you can't see, the kind of like panic that takes over. The whole enemy army started panicking and they're looking at them and they all can't see and they're all rubbing their eyes and you know, they, can't, they don't understand what's going on. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, وَمَا رَمَيْتَ إِذْ رَمَيْتَ Because that was Allah taking care of you. 
when you threw that dirt out of your hand, it wasn't you just throwing a handful of dirt. It was Allah taking care of you. And so this is a very beautiful moment and a powerful reminder in the Qur'an that the help of Allah is always with the believers. And the help of Allah, the tranquility and the peace from Allah comes to those who remain devoted to Allah, dedicated to Allah. There is something that a believer has to learn. Something a believer has to learn. And that is, you have to learn to see the world differently. You have to learn to be able to, you have to kind of untrain your mind. You have to untrain your eyes. We grow up in this world and we're taught to be so affected and connected to materialistic things that we just see everything in numbers and statistics and quantities. That we have to unlearn some of that. And we have to learn to see things through the lens of Iman. We have to change that frequency and be able to see beyond the numbers. To see deeper than the quantity of things. And be able to see what a believer should be seeing. And that is the help and the mercy of Allah. What is pleasing and displeasing to Allah. And once we can tap into that Imani frequency, and we start to see the world differently, then that's where we find peace and tranquility. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us all the ability to practice everything that's been said and heard. Subhanallahi wa bihamdihi, subhanakallahu wa bihamdik, nashadu wa la ilaha illa anta, nasakhfiru wa natubu ilayk.